On this episode of Modern Practice, we'll continue our discussion about developing learning areas in your facilities to foster and sustain improvement. I'm your host, Dr. Tomas Villanueva, Senior Principal for Performance Improvement Consulting at Vizient and Practicing Internist. Joining me is Suzanne Miller, Senior Consulting Director for Reliability and Management Systems at Vizient, and Kateri Chapman, Senior Principal for Safe and Reliable Healthcare at Vizient as well. Suzanne, Kateri, welcome to Modern Practice. Thanks so much. We're glad to be here. Thanks, Tomas. Pleasure to be here with you. So what are some of the challenges leaders might face in creating these areas? We last time spoke about the importance of leadership engagement and being part of the process. But let's be honest, there's a lot of people that are burned out and dealing with 3,000 other things going on in the wards or even in the clinics. The success is creating the foundations of a healthy culture, but you also have to have change-ready areas, units, managers who will embrace this and believe in it. And that goes back to having senior leaders that have made this a priority among all the other competing priorities. They need to have the support of the senior leader saying, yeah, this is a priority. And they have to believe that this is going to be helpful. It's not a flavor of the month. It is the way simply we're going to do our work. I would say three things. The perception that this will take extra time, that it's just one more thing. The second is our natural human response to change. Sometimes that uneasiness that we feel knowing that we have to change. But learning something new often takes an investment of time. And it's true here as well with learning areas. Though the approach of learning by doing and delivering content and activities in bite-sized chunks makes this a lot more palatable and easier for the learner. And I think eventually working with and becoming facile with these principles, tools, behaviors of high reliability, it will become just how the leaders and the team members do their work, not additional work. And then psychological safety of a unit is also, I think, sometimes a challenge as we noted previously And again, that's built with time and trust and consistency. Kateri, I can't agree more. I mean, I think any leader today will just say, I can't handle one more thing. What are you going to take off my plate, right? Is really the question. Or for my staff. And I think challenging this as being one more thing to saying, this is actually just the foundation of how we do our work. This is the foundation of how we engage every day, how we come to work. It would be awesome to say that already everybody has personal accountability, transparency, everybody's curious, modeling non-negotiable mutual respect and professionalism. Those are things that we should already be doing, right? We're human. We have bad days. We don't do this every day. But bringing in journey to high reliability really helps you understand how does that look? What does that look like? How do I operationalize that? It takes it from being theoretical to being operational. And it becomes just the way you do work. And you guys know, I love examples. I have an ICU nurse. She ended up getting a lens board. She said, this is going to fail. I don't want this. I want nothing to do with this. She was a veteran ICU nurse, loved her to pieces, but she was just like, get this away from me. She stuck with it. She called me about four months after she got her board and she said, guess what? I said, what? And she said, I've actually moved my staff meetings from monthly to quarterly. I don't need to meet as often because we're doing the work daily at our huddle and my team has shared situational awareness. And so I don't have to meet as often and guess how happy my staff is that we're not doing monthly meetings anymore. I also had a respiratory therapy manager say, I don't email my team anymore. 
I don't print things and laminate them and put them up on the corkboard. We got rid of corkboards a long time ago. I don't have to do that anymore because I tell my staff, listen, everything you need to know about our department, everything you need to know to do your job is on the lens board. And how powerful is that? So yes, there may be a lift in the beginning and getting some of the knowledge and the learnings of the high reliability journey and the lens board, but it pays dividends in the months and years to come as far as having that foundation and that infrastructure that really allows everything else that you do in your day to be more efficient and more effective. That makes sense to me. And in the last episode, we actually spoke about bringing this into phases, just not one through all the floors, but actually selecting those areas. And hopefully once success occurs, then they can lobby that to the rest of the organization. Yeah, absolutely. A phased approach is often the most successful versus say a big bang just from a resource standpoint, and the learnings that come from those highly performing units that you start with, then cascade down to other units in additional and subsequent cohort units of learning areas. And so I've seen that implementation style to be very effective across a large, say, 100 lens boards installations and doing it in kind of five chunked out phases. So you can't fix what you can't measure. So how do you measure success in this world? So learning areas can be measured qualitatively by the application of principles, concepts, tools, activities, such as rounding and huddles, as we just talked about. And then there are a number of ways that we can measure success quantitatively as well. For example, we can look at the leading and lagging indicators in clinical, operational, and even cultural metrics, including engagement and burnout. And I'll speak a little bit more about the kind of the qualitative or the, I guess, the feeling that you get when you walk on a unit. Any of us who have worked in a hospital, you know, when you walk on a unit, that feeling, right? You get the vibe of that unit. And when I walk into a unit that has really embraced the principles of high reliability, that psychological safety that Kateri has talked about, the non-negotiable mutual respect, what do I see? I see staff members willing and not only willing, but excited to speak up about the defects that are on the unit. I see that non-negotiable mutual respect playing itself out in the way that the leader embraces that voice of the staff member. I see people working together. I see people having each other's backs. I see a commitment to learning and wanting to say, we made a mistake. Okay, what can we do about that? And really what I see is things like the difficult colleague the unprofessional behaviors or the toxicity really is the exception, not the norm. It's the, oops, I was human for a moment. I apologize. Let's get back to that professionalism. And those are kind of the anecdotal things that I think we all have seen both sides, right? We've seen the toxic unit and we've seen the really high performing unit. And then what's cool is we can say, what are their clinical outcomes? And what's the correlation there? So I love to see high reliability in action. It's a pretty awesome thing to see. So does the learning area actually require BSR to engage in an ongoing basis? No. In fact, the very design is ultimately for sustainability. As learning areas mature and are spread across the organization, Suzanne noted that phased approach, we facilitate knowledge and practice transfer so the organization can take a more prominent role in developing, training, and supporting the learning areas. This is critical not just for spread, but attaining that critical mass and certainly to ensure sustainability. One of the mechanisms we use is leveraging the more mature learning areas. 
Suzanne also noted that, to share experiences and learnings with new learning areas and their leaders and team members to accelerate their journey and contribute to a continuous learning and improvement culture. So really helping them understand what has come before, what learnings and enthusiasm can they bring to the new environment. I would just add, think of a journey to high reliability as an infinity loop, right? You're going to have things in your organizations that disrupt your journey to high reliability. You're going to have new leadership. You're going to have new board members and new strategic objectives. You're going to have turnover in some of your high-performing areas. You're going to have all sorts of disruptions. You may have a, a serious patient harm event. The key with the journey to high reliability is that resiliency that being highly reliable brings to the organization so that the organization bounces back quickly and quickly gets back on track with those principles of high reliability so that major events don't have the type of disruption that they may have had 10, 15, 20 years ago. But it's a continual infinity loop of performance, learning, and improving. Great job, ladies. Thank you. Appreciate it. Great insights. And to our listeners, please contact me in our email, modernpracticepodcast at vizianinc.com. We posted the link in our resource section as well. And please join us for other Modern Practice Podcasts. Subscribe today, like us, or send us your comments. And now, I'm Dr. Tomas Villanueva. Thank you so much for listening.